Hello, everyone, and welcome to One Controller Port Podcast, episode 39. We're here today to talk about things. Um, um, I, so, I can't speak. So, uh, this week, uh, I've been spending a lot of time trying to, um, put together a stream setup. I, I, I had considered streaming a while ago. I streamed some Dead or Alive Extreme Volleyball just for my PC, and I ran into some issues, but I finally sat down. I was like, I'm going to get console streaming working. Um, so I tried with my, um, I used for my, my, uh, HDMI consoles, uh, Avermedia Live Gamer 2. Um, and then for my old consoles, I have an old Dazzle DVC, Dazzle's DVC 100 I used. Um, and so basically I just tried to set up some streaming stuff. Uh, I think there's two that are listed right now on my YouTube channel, um, that were just test streams that I did. The Xenoblade one, I was quiet for like 30 minutes. <laughs> I, I, when I originally streamed, I didn't, I didn't speak much even back in like 2013 when I did do some streaming using a really bad capture card for streaming. Um, so there's like 30 minutes. I was like, I don't really know what to do. <laughs> And then also I was watching cutscenes and doing like a boss fight in Xenoblade 2. So there's like 30 minutes of that video that is just me being silent. But if you cut, skip forward about 30 minutes, I, I start talking then. Um, I did have some audio balancing issues with that video um, or that stream. But um, but I don't plan to do any more HDMI game streaming for a little bit at least. So I'm not super concerned about that. I'll just do that further testing as I need to later. Um, as for the Dazzle, Dazzle DVC 100, that's a, like an S video, uh, uh, card. So I, um, I've been using that in combination with Amrick to, uh, put a stream together. Um, and I think what the plan's going to be, I, I did some like streaming of like some old PS1 games. I think what the plan is going to be is, uh, every Thursday, hopefully at seven o'clock PM PST, uh, I'm going to try to stream some Thousand Arms and try to play through and beat Thousand Arms streaming it. So, uh, Thousand Arms Thursday, it doesn't mean, to, I didn't mean it to be Thousand Arms Thursday, but it kind of worked out that way. <laughs> um, mainly because on Monday, um, you know, that's when the podcast goes up. Um, and then, uh, originally like right now, Thursday is when the article goes up, but I think starting this week, uh, I'm going to start putting my article up on Wednesday instead. And then Thursday, that's like the day after the article's gone up, I've had time to just kind of like de 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 stress from the article, I guess. De stress isn't the right word, but like kind of kind of roll things things down a bit and um and uh play some Thousand Arms and and stream a bit. And um I and I think I talked about this last week with the podcast. The podcast isn't really my focus. And the same thing with the stream. The stream is something that's quick and easy to do and it makes makes content uh that is, you know, readily available if somebody wants to view it. Uh it's also a good tool for me to, you know, be able to talk on the fly and things like that and and do better about that even if I'm not like holding a conversation per se. Um, so, so that's what the stream is really here for. The podcast and the stream are not my focuses. Um, so if, if it's ever like, oh, well, this, this is thing isn't really advancing in quality or anything like that. I mean, the only really quality increases you're going to see are, you know, just if I'm better at talking, probably. <laughs> um, I mean, if you have any suggestions, feel free to let me know. But as soon as this thing gets harder to, uh, do rather than just pressing record and then ending it and then posting it basically that that's when it's 
when it's less than likely that the art or the actual podcast will keep going because uh, that's going to start beating eating into article and video time. Um, and, and one thing I do want to note is that like the, the the podcast and the streams, while they definitely take up a little bit of my time, or we'll see how the pot the stream how much the stream takes up. Hopefully, not much. Um, really, really where the, t- the time, uh, fighting is happening, <laughs> to, you know, on what content I'm creating is between articles and videos. If I'm doing articles, I'm not really doing videos. And if I'm doing videos, I'm not really doing articles. And, um, so when you see big long gaps of no videos or big long gaps of no articles, but videos, um, that's generally where that's coming from. Cause they take the most amount of work. They take, you know, hours and hours and hours. There's times that I've spent more time working on an article or a video about a game than I have actually playing a game like Windy X Windom. I think I wrote an article about it and it took me like three times the amount of time that I played through the entirety of Windy X Windom. <laughs> and it took me like three times that amount of time to write the article for Windy X Windom. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's, there's definitely, um, there's definitely a trade-off, but the the podcast and the stream, I don't, in well, at least I anticipate with the stream, uh, I don't think those really play much of a role. Obviously, they do take up a little bit of time, but, you know, doing a podcast takes like 20 minutes. And the streams, we'll see. I think I might do it like an hour, hour to two hours maybe of uh, a Thousand Arms. Why I picked Thousand Arms for the PS1, um... Really, just because it's been a couple of reasons. One, it's been sitting around, and I've been meaning to beat it. I got it in, like, 2011? I got it pretty soon after the Katawa Shoujo demo I had played, because after that, I got a big interest in dating sims, even though Katawa Shoujo is not a dating sim at all. It's just, like, a straightforward visual novel. But at the time, I didn't know that. Um, and so I wanted to to try some more dating sim-style games out. And I, I got Thousand Arms for a friend of mine who happened to have a copy, and he did not like the game at all. <laughs> For 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 good reason that I can say I've I've experienced when I played it because I played probably about thirty hours of Thousand Arms, um and just didn't beat it. So I'm gonna start over and then uh just go through it. Um the other thing is I had that uh I bought you know I put up an article this week about the Joy Cons and the one whole one handed controller thing that I like. I bought a PlayStation One controller that's a one handed controller. So I, I'm gonna start try try playing it like that and see how that feels. Um and if it's if it's an improvement i might play my ps1 rpgs that way but it probably just depends specifically i think the l and r buttons are difficult to reach and um and that might cause some problems so we'll see we'll mess with it worst case scenario i got plenty of ps2 and ps1 controllers around to to swap it out for a normal controller um so yeah, that's kind of what's been going on with the streaming. If you go to my my YouTube channel right now, there's two videos up. One with Xenoblade 2, like I said, skip like 30 minutes in. Um, some of the audio is not very clear um, just because I, I, I had listened to it and I thought I had gotten a good audio level, but um, I think I was talking very loudly when I was doing when I was doing the tests and didn't account for when I get down to the point where I'm like, like mumbling and stuff. The, the second video that went up, and there's actually another second video that's unlisted now because that one was a uh, absolute mass disaster. <laughs> um, the second video in, in, on my YouTube channel for streaming right now is um, just a couple of PS1 games. Um, uh, the I think the audio is fine on it. It just takes me a few minutes on there to get it sorted out. So if you open it up and you hear <clears throat> me just like mumbling in the background... Uh, don't worry, it clears up. Um, there's not really anything exciting about them. I really don't know what I plan to talk about during these streams. Um, you know, I may not be able to hold, uh, you know, 
a whole <laughs> chain train of thought, you know, for two hours every week. So we'll we'll see. Um, and then obviously if someone comes to the chat, that's all good time and fun. I'll probably post it up on YouTube and keep like a stream section on YouTube. I don't think I intend to put or put it on my, uh, my blog. Um, at least not right now. I may see if I can reorganize my blog and split up content a lot better, you know, have, have maybe a main feed, but then have like an article feed, podcast feed and, uh, and a stream feed just so people can more easily see where things are, um. So yeah, I think that's probably covers streaming stuff for now. Um, I don't have a, a very clear plan of what I want to talk about in the second half of this episode. Uh, I, we'll see where we go with um, talking about Monster Hunter. I did play a little bit of Monster Hunter. I don't remember if last week I had played at all. Uh, I think I had gotten a copy, but I had not actually sat down and played any of it. Uh, Monster Hunter World is a game that... Um, I, I want, it's, there's a few things. One, it's come at an awkward time for me. Um, I just am on the, I'm on the end game of Tokiden 2 right now. And Tokiden 2 is a fantastic game, a fantastic Monster Hunter style game. Uh, I dare say one of the best, if not the best. Um, and I'm, (laughs) I'm not really ready to move on to another Monster Hunter style game, but I felt kind of forced into this one just because so many people I knew were playing it and so many people were asking to play. Um, so I, I'm playing it a bit, but it's sort of begrudgingly, unfortunately. I don't think there's anything wrong with the game, and I don't think there's anything um, particularly... Um, when I say begrudgingly, I don't think there's anything that it's like I'm, I'm sour about or something. I think Monster Hunter Worlds is a big improvement on the Monster Hunter series. Uh, but I just, I look at Monster Hunter Try or Monster Hunter World and I have a hard time finding what makes this game, uh, stand out to me. So, so I played Monster Hunter Try about 10 years ago. Um, uh, I played it maybe like hundred, 150 hours, really liked it at the time. Uh, and I, I really enjoyed it. And then the, uh, the you know, after that, all the ones came out on 3DS instead, and so I didn't really pay too much attention to those. I was going to get Monster Hunter 4 at some point, but then it kept getting, like, pushed back in America. Not pushed back, but, like, they didn't they didn't localize the original Monster Hunter 4, and then they, like, localized Monster Hunter 4U, like, a year after it came out in Japan, and by the time that was there around, it had been, like, five years or something, four or five years since I had seen Monster Hunter 4, I think. And I was just like, I, I have no interest in this <laughs> anymore. <laughs> like, I I was excited about this game, you know, three years ago um, when it was coming out in Japan, not not now. Um, so I kind of missed out on that stuff. But I talked to a friend of mine, and it sounds like um, the Monster Hunter 4, for you and Generations games kind of got out of hand in some ways, at least compared for Monster Hunter fans. It made the, the combat a lot more accessible and, uh, uh, gave the player a lot more capabilities when, um, when using weapons. Uh, I don't know if it lost any of its original luster in terms of the, like, you know, slow, precise strikes of the series, but it sounds like it was a necessary thing needed due to the monster design and how they were evolving. And it sounds like Monster Hunter World is a, a rollback to closer to what Try is. It's more balanced now, and obviously you have all the, the, uh, user, uh, 
you know, accessibility stuff for, for new players. Um, but it's kind of like, well, what's, what's, what's here for me? And it sounds like it's kind of brought Monster Hunter back to its core. But when I played Try, I think at that time that was still considered like a, a relatively accessible Monster Hunter compared to like a Freedom Unite or something like that, but still a core Monster Hunter style game. And so I don't really know what I want out of Monster Hunter. Like, I kind of feel like I'd be interested in seeing where those 3DS games go. I might try the Double Cross demo that came out. I think there's a Japanese Switch demo for the the remake version of Monster Hunter Generations. Um, and um, I might try that just to see if something about that is more enticing to me. I, I've been, I'm probably like six or seven hours into try or uh, to world. And, you know, that's not nearly enough time uh, to really say a ton about the game. But I, I, I'm just trying to find something to keep me going. I played some multiplayer with some friends. Uh, that was fine. Um, but, yeah, it's just like, yeah, this is uh, this is about right. And, uh, unfortunately, unless I really care for a game in a specific way, like, I think Fantasy Star Universe might be the one exception where it's like, I'm so invested in this series that I know all the little changes between each every version. So each version feels different because they made this slight change that nobody else would recognize. Monster Hunter is in a series that I keep up with. And so when I see Monster Hunter try and then I go to Monster Hunter World and, you know, everyone talks about the little changes and stuff here and there. It's like I don't like I don't see that stuff. You know, this this looks like the game I played ten years ago. Obviously it looks a lot better. It's a freaking great looking game. Like compared like Tokiden 2 has nothing on Monster Hunter in terms of visuals. Um But I just have a hard time finding a reason to be excited about that game. Um I play it and I don't really feel good or bad. Um uh, in a vacuum, if I was just like uh, the only thing I was playing right now would be Monster Hunter, that probably would be um a game I'd want to invest more time into, but between Tokiden 2 and like Xenoblade 2, 2 and like all the other games that I have that I could be playing instead, it's it's a lot of me saying like I could be playing Monster Hunter, but I could be playing something I find a lot more valuable for my time. Um, but that's also part of just how I play games. I like trying to find you know new and interesting experiences. Uh, Tokiden 2 specifically like. Like, if when you finish Monster Hunter World and you want to try another, like, Monster Hunter-style game, Tokiden 2. Like, don't, like, unless you want to go bullshit around with a bunch of other games <laughs> that that have their own issues, Tokiden 2, which has its issues, but it's not, like, anything crazy. Tokiden 2 is fantastic. You should play Tokiden 2. I guess that's my little thing. Monster Hunter World's not a bad game. I just don't think it's something I want to play right now. Uh, but we'll see. I'll probably put some more time into it, but I don't know. I think if after the 10-hour mark I'm still not feeling it, I might just drop it, unfortunately. Which is a shame. Um, especially since I spent a lot of money on it. Well, not a lot of money. You know, usual price, 60 bucks. That is money. I mean, for me, a lot of money. Maybe not for you. Uh, fortune cookie time. I still haven't tried to fix this list at all, so we might just get something that doesn't matter at all. Rodea the Sky Soldier on the Wii. Um, I made a video about Rodea the Sky Soldier, specifically praising the Wii U version. Uh, so what what's the value of the Wii version? Let's instead of sitting there, you know, regurgitating what I said about 
uh, how the Wii U version, you know, is enhanced in these certain ways that the Wii version can't do. Uh, what what the Wii version of Radio of the Sky Soldier offers, and if you're not aware, Radio of the Sky Soldier is this game where you um, it's essentially a mix of like Sonic the Hedgehog and Knights, where where you go through all these areas. Um, and you, you know, get collectibles and stuff and you go from island to island. You're a flying night guy and, um, like clockwork night guy. And, uh, you fly from these island to islands and then you, you know, kill enemies, go through encounters. And it's got a really cute style to it. It feels like a, it feels like a long lost Sega Saturn game or something. <laughs> um, but, uh, it's made by Yuji Naka, so it makes sense. Or, well, his, his team at least over at Probe. Um, so the Wii version specifically, uh, is really fast that is the its biggest benefit it's a fast game like b- because of the precision of the Wii remote being able to you know sit there and point at individual objects on the screen and jump to it you are able to just like blast from one place to another quickly and accurately the Wii U version has like this um this energy meter that prevents you from traveling too fast at times um basically well you have like a dash and this dash is infinite in the Wii version but in the Wii U version it's limited because you have a lot more freedom where you can fly and um so in the Wii version you pretty much just like point blast to a place and go (laughs) um it's really fast you can blow through that game really quick um I think that's the biggest the biggest value I mean the the Wii version is definitely a a better built game the levels were designed around the Wii version which if you're not aware the Wii U version is just like a straight port essentially in a lot of ways in terms of the level design Uh, but the levels were designed around it Um, well the Wii U version is a port of the 3DS version but that's a whole other thing anyways but I believe the level design is the same between all three versions I'm gonna cough (coughs) anyways um so yeah it's just uh there's a lot more visual elements on screen in the wii version as well there's a lot more um going on in terms of you know you know just more graphically it's more graphically pleasing outside the fact it's not an hd (laughs) um so yeah the frame rate on the wii version is kind of crazy where the wii one's pretty smooth uh but it, it reminds me a lot of wii games where it's like this this solid you know seven to eight game um, it has a really neat idea and it, it, it executes on that idea very well. Um, I think the one issue I have with the Wii version is that the, just the, the lack of freedom of movement and some of the environments ask you to do a bit more, but this is a pretty common thing. I think in a lot of Wii games where, um, the, because of the nature of the pointer and how it works, um, you know, you're kind of limited to, to pointing at things that are on the screen in front of you. And then once you try to turn left and right and stuff like that, it's it's not an easy process since it's not like another analog stick you can just turn oh, turn left and right with. Um, it's kind of a drag, and and Rodeo the Sky Soldier has the same problem. So so there's times where you end up in like the center of an area where stuff's going on around you, and you really only have the tools and capabilities to effectively deal with what's in front of you. Uh, <clears throat> where the Wii U version, you kind of have the ability to to readjust yourself very well. Um, I wish the Wii version used a nunchuck. That would have been great. Um, using just the Wii remote is, um, I understand why in case of simplicity, but using the D pad to move around is not comfortable. The Wii remote would at least have given, or the nunchuck would have at least given you like an analog stick or something. But yeah, uh, ready the sky soldier. If you're just looking to play in a, a, the best version of that game, the Wii version is definitely the one to play. 
But if you want to play something that's more interesting, I think the, the Wii U version is a great version. Uh, I haven't played the 3DS version still. I would like to at some point. But to my understanding, the Wii U and 3DS versions are fairly close. There's differences, but they're fairly close. Uh, that's gonna that's gonna be it for this week. I have an article going up on Wednesday. I honestly I don't have anything planned for the week after that yet. So um, so we may see a, a first gap again in a while. It depends on what I end up coming down coming down with. I spent most of this week trying to set the stream up. Um, but once you know once I have the stream you know set up and go, uh, hopefully the amount of effort that will need will just be you know plug the capture card in press record and go <laughs> or press uh, stream and go so hopefully that won't be taking up hopefully this this is the most time i'm going to spend on setting this stream stuff up um <clears throat> but yeah we'll see we'll see what i end up doing um there's there's plenty of stuff i have laying around there's an article or really a video i've been wanting to do for a very long time um that i have not gotten the chance to do and i may finally have the tools to do it relatively soon here uh, hopefully, hopefully within the next couple months, I would be very excited. I just have to sit down and I've already played the the game uh, that I would want to talk about, but I have to replay through it uh, to capture footage. So I'm hoping that uh, I'll be able to sit down and capture all that footage um, once I get the hardware in. So yeah, that's going to be it for this week. Thank you guys for listening again. Um, and yeah, keep an eye out. Uh, Thursday, seven o'clock uh, Eastern time is my planned time to go live for Thousand Arms. Quick post correction, that is 7 o'clock Pacific time, not Eastern. 10 Eastern, 7 Pacific. Um, and hopefully, you know, if you want to join in, hey, uh, you're welcome to come. I don't know if it'll be entertaining or at all. Um, we're basically just gonna, you know, fight some people and, and date some ladies. That's, that's the thousand arms way. So, have a great week. Bye.